0: Welcome to another episode of Living and Ultra Life, and this week I am joined by a guy that I've been watching for three years at Cape Fear 24 Hour and just mesmerized by his athletic ability and just his perseverance and just I think the biggest thing I admire about this guy is the way he encourages every other runner out there. So without further ado, we're going to bring in Mr. Billy Gunn. Billy, you ready to go for a run?
1: Yeah. Oh man. I'm still recovering, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of always ready.
0: There you go. So Cape Fear was about two weeks ago, right? Right. And didn't you do something last weekend too?
1: I did. Yeah. I did the tuna 200 uh, relay. Okay. So I, I did three legs of that with my team, which was maybe around 19 or 20 miles. Uh, they were not comfortable miles.
0: I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> Some of those miles were just going, ooh, ah. <laughs> so, exactly. That's crazy. Cool. So Billy, tell us a little bit about yourself, family. What do you do for a living when you're not out cruising abnormal amounts of miles in 24 hours and that type of stuff?
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, you introduced me. My name's Billy Gunn. I'm 51 years old from uh, Massachusetts originally, and met my wife of 28 years in Groton, Connecticut, which is a Navy town. I was in the Navy on a submarine for five years or so. And then uh, once I got out of the Navy, we moved to where we're at now in North Carolina, my wife to finish her master's degree and and myself to look for work in IT and tech. And so today I'm a software engineer at uh, Cisco, um not the food company the the tech company
0: Actually yeah the they they're big that's awesome
1: Yeah yeah and uh, you know I'm I'm old enough and senior enough now where I, I say I'm a software engineer I don't write too much software anymore mostly I just sort of tell younger software engineers what to do but it it's a good job and I and I love working there
0: Awesome And what does your wife do?
1: My wife is a medical research librarian at Duke University oh, So we're, wow. we are we claim to be Duke people
0: Okay, well, nothing wrong with that, I don't think. I mean, they're they've got a really good football team this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I think at the twenty four hour, didn't Duke beat North Carolina State? Was that right? I
1: think I think they did, and if they didn't, we wish they did.
0: Yeah, no, I think they did because Paul Starling was really really disappointed, and he's a big North Carolina State guy.
1: He is, yeah. So we yeah. we like to chit chat about that, uh, you know, on our loops.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. So any kids, Billy?
1: Oh right, so no children, dogs. We have okay. corgis, Cardigan Welsh corgis. So they're the corgi with the tail, uh, and we've always had corgis for pretty much the whole twenty-eight years we've been we've been together.
0: That's awesome, corgis. That do they run with you?
1: They don't run. I try. I tried running with one of them that uh, looked like maybe it was the most. She was the most capable, and she liked it for a little while. We got up to doing a five k, but. Then uh you know, then it got to the point where I'd be like, Hey, you want to go for a run? And she would just sit back in the living room. No thanks. Uh, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather not.
0: <laughs> She'd grab her leash and go hide it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Yeah, we're we're the same way. No kids but two kitty cats and they they don't run at all. So yeah. pretty, pretty yeah, lame so- pets.
1: Yeah. So at the end of the tuna 200 this weekend, it took our team around. I, I don't have the official results yet, but I'm guessing it was about thirty-two, thirty 30 to 32 hours to finish, you know, but my wife and Corgis were there at the finish line. That was that's the awesome. second time I've done that race and they've greeted me there. So that, that's always a lot of fun.
0: Cool. And how many total miles is that relay?
1: It's 206 miles.
0: Okay. So and yeah, like so we, that's a good one.
1: Yeah. And we had a team of 12, which is a, a typical team. There's some, ultra teams that are four to six people, you know, and they're obviously doing a much longer distance each.
0: Okay. And so you like put them in two different vans or.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And actually we had three minivans or two minivans in an SUV. Typically you would maybe use two of those like white 15 passenger vans, but uh, some reason this year they were a little hard to come by. So there was a lot of people out there in minivans this year. Wow.
0: (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. I did a really cool relay out in, from Logan, Utah to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, when we were living in Wyoming. And it was 240 something odd miles. We had 12 people, my van, three of the people ended up getting sick. And so they're just like, Hey, you run ultras, you fill in. And then in the other van, they ended up with just like two people left that could run. And so there's just like, Mike, how many miles can you run? So I don't even know how many miles I did that time, but it was such a blast. And,
1: yeah. that That's the thing about these relays is they're, they're exhausting, but they are such a blast. And the people you do it with, um, like I said, I've done this once before they, they, everyone becomes lifelong friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Our team name was too stupid to stop, uh, which some people <laughs> say should be my nickname, but you know, I don't know. So, that's funny. That is awesome. So Billy, how did you start running? Where did the, where did the running start?
1: Okay. So that, that's a really good question. When I was 44, I had been doing freelance software development for many years so working from home and pretty much since I got out of the navy and I was pretty athletic in the navy I'm not I wouldn't have called myself a runner just I just stayed active but from the time I got out of the navy at age 24 until I was 44 so that 20 year period I was just basically gaining weight the whole time Okay I was working my way up in the IT career and eventually I decided to go freelance and I had been freelancing for for a few years and Near the end of that time, which would have been 2016, I had just noticed that I was getting really lethargic instead of like working and, and doing billable hours so that I could, you know, could make the revenue that I needed to make. I was taking naps. I was uh, going to bed early, sleeping late, napping during the day. And I'm like, man, something is is really wrong with me. And at the same time, I was taking pilot lessons, private pilot lessons And I had put a lot of time and money into that and was getting to the point where I was ready to solo. And before you can solo, you need to have a medical clearance. So I went to do my medical and there was two problems. My blood pressure was high and I had been taking a minor, a mild uh, anti-anxiety. And that a lot of that probably had to do with the weight and the lack of exercise which was an automatic disqualification yeah and so the doctor didn't even he just he took my blood pressure and he said well you're not you're not qualified to fly and so um they they call it a deferral on your pilot's license and getting past a deferral can be really expensive and time consuming so i was pretty dejected and i was like okay i need to i need to change myself and i read this book called miracle morning which has nothing to do with running it's kind of about just waking up early, doing creative things for your mind, writing, reading, and that sort of thing. And in the book, the author had mentioned running not only a marathon, but a double marathon. So he signed up for a marathon and him and some buddies started early. They ran the marathon once. And then when it started officially, they ran it again. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to run a marathon too. And I'm like, not a runner at all. So when I told my wife this and a couple of my friends, the looks that I got was pretty, pretty fabulous. (laughs) And I bought this book called the non-runners marathon trainer that came out of a a university program and to just learn how to, how do you run a marathon? And the very first thing that it said was like, go sign up for a marathon now, but out like six to eight months. I think for me, it was eight months and then follow this training plan. So I signed up for a marathon that was the Louisiana marathon, which was in January of uh, 2017. And in August of 2016, that's when I, I did my first run, if you can call it that. It was more like run for 60 seconds <laughs> uh, and then walk for 60 seconds. But that was it. I never I never stopped running after that's that.
0: That's amazing. So all this came about dejected over a deferral for the pilot's license and just exactly. you came to decision life has to change.
1: Exactly. And so interestingly, I did two things at the same time. I started running and I went and got a job and, and no more freelancing.
0: Oh, wow. And I got,
1: yeah. And I got hired at Cisco, the company that I'm at now, which I which I, I love this company. And so I just made this sort of huge change and, and it changed everything. My physical fitness, my health is obviously very good now. You know, no more anti-anxiety medications, a good regular income. I give all of the credit to that to deciding to change like my physical fitness to. Yeah. Isn't you know, it amazing
0: I mean, not, you, when you make that decision and you just go, okay, I'm not heading in the direction I want to head. And you just stop and say, okay, I'm making a change. And so that's what you did. And obviously, I mean, seven years later, it's paying great dividends, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, before I did that first marathon, the Louisiana Marathon in January, 2017, I, I probably lost around 50 pounds. Wow. And that weight that I lost, that's the weight I am today. So I, you know, I've never really lost any more weight uh, every now and then I'll gain a little bit, you know, if there's like, like some pausing and running, I tend not to change my diet too much. So I'll gain a couple pounds here and there yep. and yep. drop them back off again. But I'm still that same weight that I was seven years ago when I ran that first marathon.
0: That is awesome. So tell us about the first marathon. How did it go?
1: Okay, so the the first marathon went great, and and it's funny because I look back at it today, and I remember like I thought I was going to die at the end of it. I just wanted to fall to the ground and and basically sob, right? I was so sore, I was so exhausted. Um, but I lined up the the book that I read that taught us how to run a marathon. It was like don't have a time goal, and I was like, okay, I, I won't have a time goal but I need to have like sort of a rough idea, okay. Uh, but without, without putting any pressure on myself. So I I thought a four hour and 45 minute time seemed okay. And so I, I looked and saw that there was a pacer and this marathon had pacers for all the different times. And there was a pacer for the four hour and 45 minute time. I'm like, perfect. I'll just line up with her. Uh, I, I can't remember her last name, but she went by super Sabrina. Okay. And uh, this lady was fabulous. She had, Previously, run a marathon every week for an entire year. Oh wow! Uh, and, and she worked as a little bit as a running coach. So I just stuck with her for that, you know, almost five hours, and she she kept me moving. She was hilarious. She told stories the whole time, and it made uh, you know, it made it somewhat tolerable. But sh- but sure enough, like everyone says, around that eighteen mile point, I'm like, oh my god, this is horrible. Yeah, what am I doing?
0: It, but you continued on, and did you hit the four forty
1: five? Exactly. Yep. Yep, yeah, I, I finished in exactly four forty-five. No um, way. Yeah, yeah. That so was I stuck awesome. With it. I stuck with her all the way, all the way to the end. You know, immediately afterwards, kind of like when you when you get done with an ultra, or sometimes near the end of an ultra, you're like, "What am I doing? I'm not doing this again." And then the next day, you know, you find yourself browsing ultra sign up or something. Exactly. Um, I didn't know what an ultra was then, but you know, a couple of days later, I was like looking for the next marathon.
0: That's awesome. <laughs>
1: And that's sort of what led into ultras. Is I just started running a lot of marathons.
0: Uh, okay. After that, yeah, I think I. So ran, how many marathons have you run?
1: I, I've probably run around twenty-four. Wow. Just regular marathons, but um, uh, it was probably around the eighteen or nineteen mark that I that I started to get interested in ultras and, and switched how I train. Okay. And moved into ultras at that point, and then I've run a few more marathons since, just sort of for fun. Like I might go pace one of my friends and sign up with them, or I'll just do one as a training run, something like that.
0: Yep. That's awesome. So what was your first ultra marathon?
1: So my my first ultra was in uh, 2018. So it was two years after I, I started Started running marathons. Yep. And I did this sort of thing where I wanted to run four marathons in four different States in 44 days. So every, basically every 11 days run, run a marathon and the, the last marathon um, that I did at that point was the shipyard main marathon. So okay. in, in Maine, kind of along the coast. And that was the last of the four. And I finished that one in three set, three hours, 17 minutes. Holy so I'd, cow. Gotten, I'd gotten a little bit faster, but I was eyeballing ultras at that point. And so the first ultra that I did was a few months later, the uh, beast of burden in New York, 50 miles. Okay. So I went right from marathon up to. 50 miles. That, and that that's was,
0: a trail, isn't it?
1: It, it? It's hard. It's a, um, a, they call it's a tow path. So okay. it's a it's along the Erie canal, but it's, it's all hard packed dirt. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: And much and elevation change or pretty flat? No, no
1: com- Completely flat. Okay. And it, and it's, it's a 25 mile out and back. So, okay. so you did, it um, 12 and a half mile out and back. Yeah. So 25 miles. So you did it twice. Okay. To, wow. For the 50. Yep. Cool. And, uh, so that was my first fifth. That was my first ultra, the 50 miler. And I've since gone back and done the hundred mile version of that race two times. Okay, since then.
0: Wow. So that's four times out and back.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep.
0: Wow. So yeah, a little, you know, 0. 0.58 mile loop is nothing for you, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's more of a mental challenge, I think. Uh, right. Although maybe not so much at Cape Fear, just because of how many people there are. You always have right. somebody to talk to that helps the time go by.
0: Pretty amazing. So now what you've done a bunch of ultras and everything and you've gotten pretty good at it. Looking, you know, at Ultra Sign Up and Mr. Billy Gunn, I would say that you're 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 pretty successful. So what's been your favorite ultra to so far to date?
1: Okay. So that's a good question. So I kind of have my, there there's actually a few answers to that question. One of my favorite ultras is probably the, the one that I did the, the least well at, and that was the Zion 100. I, I can't remember my time exactly, but it was probably like 27 and a half hours or 27 hours and 20 minutes, something like that. I am not a trail runner. I, I kind of suck on trails, especially okay. if, if they're technical. I don't, my eyesight's not great. Okay. And my balance isn't great. And, um, but that race was just beautiful, uh, yeah. you know, running up, running up and down the mesas. And I, and I loved every moment of it. Um, awesome. even though I wasn't really competitive, but my most favorite race would be the the Tideland 24. Okay. Uh, you know, it's another North Carolina race. It's, it's a 1.3 mile loop, but it's pretty, you know, it's kind of in the woods along the coast. You have some water views. Okay. Um, and, and I've been to that one three times. So in we actually, that's next weekend.
0: Okay. After, and you've won, you've won it a couple times, haven't you?
1: I've won it all three times that I've run it. Oh my and gosh,
0: so, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll be we'll be trying to see if we can uh, win number four, huh? Yeah, we'll see. I'm kind of, I'm pretty. I still feel sort of wore out from that Cape Fear. Oh uh, well, my gosh, but... I,
0: I don't understand why. I mean, you you did just set the record at 130 <laughs> miles, Billy. So you know, I mean, so one of, one of the things from this year's Cape Fear 24, I kind of want to you know, jump into this for just a second. At one point after it had stopped raining, I remember you were walking and you actually looked a little bit down. And then it's like 10 minutes later, you went zipping past me at your typical five minute per per loop pace and i'm going what happened to billy so what happened to billy
1: okay yeah that's a good question and that tends to be at least in the 24-hour format that's pretty pretty typical for me and so late afternoon to late afternoon it is when i perform the worst right and so and that's about when the rain stopped. I, I think maybe it was two 30 or three, something like that. And that that's the time in any 24 hour where I'm just not going to be doing great. So usually the way it goes is I'll start a little quick in the morning. Cause I like to try to get out a- ahead of people if I can, yep. but then I'll dial it back to like, just what I think is a more appropriate pace. Uh, and then in the afternoon, I'm just going to start to feel a little bit down and, and you know, the tiredness and the soreness is starting to set in. And you're just trying to convince yourself, like, it's fine. It'll go away. Let's just, let's just keep working at it. And then, and then at some point, usually around dinner time, and I I really limit my caffeine and by limit, I shouldn't say limit. I am sort of pretty strategic with my caffeine. So I won't do any caffeine during the day, but usually around that dinner time hour, I'll typically have a red bull. Okay, and the sun is starting to set, which usually means a little bit less heat. Yes, and that yeah. just that, that just makes me feel really good. And then, and so then I'll just pick up the pace, and that's when I really will try to start picking people off. Um, okay, this time it took me a while to catch up. We had a couple, I say a couple. We actually had a few, you know, younger guys, younger yeah. than me uh, that, that were yeah. that were the, out ahead the, pretty the, well. The
0: the three twenty somethings, yeah, <laughs> and um, the two twenty something year old girls that you know were just crushing it yeah yeah
1: so i so i after that ripple i just start picking up the pace a little bit um it took me a while to catch catch everybody but probably around 10 o'clock at night i was feeling really good and i i saw everyone else starting to fade a little bit and yeah. you know you know i i knew i didn't know at that time that i would be capable of getting the course record but i knew i was going to win i, I could i knew that i was going to get ahead, ahead of everybody at that point
0: yeah well it was funny because you know Derek fox who broke your record from 2021 last year, kind of folded the tent right around 10 o'clock. He was just not, it wasn't his race. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's a fabulous runner. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, and I was, gl- I was so glad that him and his dad got into the race, you know, it just, yes. it adds a little bit of competition, but he, he had just run that 200 mile race exactly. a month before. Yes. Um, and, and so I was impressed that he went, that he, that he got as far as he did as fast as he did. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, but I was like, man, there's, he's gotta be feeling that, that 200 miler.
0: Well, and it was cool because he, I I talked with him about that time. He said, it's not really my race. And. I want to focus on getting my dad over 106.
1: Yep. Yeah. And Indeed, so he was
0: very much focused on that, but it was so yeah, funny yeah. because he slowed down, and then you went past me. I, I I would love to count sometime how how many times you passed me. It would be funny. But um, you went past me, and I was like, okay, Billy Gunn's gonna break the record. And Derek looked at me, and I was like, I'm telling you, I said the the dude if he if he doesn't hit at least 128, I will be surprised. I said. The way he's running right now, I I could see him doing 140. So, you were you were so solid.
1: That's impressive. So when I hit 100 miles, which would have been at, I, I think I hit 100 miles at, at 18 and a half hours, roughly. Yeah. That meant to to get 129, let's call it 130 miles, but you know just a little shy of a of a 50k. I, I needed five and a half hours to do yeah. that. So it, I've done a couple th- for this training cycle. I did a, I did two 50 K runs just at an easy pace, not pushing it. And for me, and for me, that is about five hours. Yeah. So after doing a hundred miles that I could do a 50 K in five and a half hours that I just didn't think that, it, that, that I had it in me. And this is all going through my head as I'm coming up to the timing mat and I see the clock at 18 and a half hours. And right after I stepped over it, Lisa was there, and you know, and she congratulated me, and she said, uh, "She said, please uh, try to break the course record." That's awesome. And I said, "Oh, okay." (laughs) Uh, And and I smiled, of course. And so then it then it was on. I'm like, okay, we we have to do this. I I had to like really maintain that maybe 10:30 pace on average for the for the next five and a half hours to do to do that. And so you know, you're constantly doing math in your head. Uh, to see if it's, if it's possible or if you're falling behind. And I was, I didn't think I could do it, but I was able to hold that sort of 10 30 average. So yeah. I, I impressed myself also.
0: You were tremendous. What is your mentality, Billy? When, when you get, cause it's like you hit that pain cave in the late afternoon. What is your mentality at that point? What is, what is the thoughts that are going through Billy's head to get through that point?
1: Oh, wow. That's a good question. So I never think of when I'm in, when I'm feeling a lot of pain or when I'm feeling down or I'm uncomfortable, I I never think of quitting. And when other people ask me this, like for advice on how to deal with it, I just, I always remind them that um, it's peaks and valleys and that every time you're in a valley, there's, there's a peak, you know, is the next step. And so I just try to constantly remind myself, you know, like there there'll be a peak coming, you know, and you're only in the valley for a little while. And the other thing that I try to do is I I try to like bring in some mindfulness to my running. And so it's easier to do with pain more so than like mental issue, you know, if you're like struggling mentally, but usually if you're struggling mentally, you have some pain somewhere. My feet were really bothering me. My quads were bothering me and and I'll just focus on them and I'll be like, Hey, quads, I recognize that you're hurting. Thank you. And let's keep on going. You know, and I I sort of have these little discussions (laughs) with with my body.
0: Awesome. That is awesome. So you run. I love the way that your smile is like so engaging when you're going around. But you also have a singular focus. But I think your focus could I say that there's a gratefulness about your focus?
1: Yeah, you, you know what? I I think that's fair. Yeah, and I, I do try to bring in some gratitude for it. So like, you know, going back to my sort of origin story to running, I I do have a lot of gratitude for like what running has done for me. Uh, I'm a little bit of an introvert, you know, and so making friends and things like that, it's, it doesn't come super easy to me like it does some people, but I have this fabulous running group that I'm a part of in, in Durham. That's the uh, Bull City Beer Runners, you know, and, it, and it's a group of like-minded people. They're not not necessarily ultra runners, although there are some, but you know, it's just people who like love running, love being healthy, love that's socializing awesome. a little bit. And I'm grateful for running to have like connected me with those people.
0: Awesome. So, when as you're running, it, whether it's in your run club or just you know people that you follow and stuff, who's who would you say inspires you the most?
1: Oh, wow, that's a great question. So, I, I really look up to some of the older ultra runners. So, ultra runners are a bit older than me. One of the people who I look up to a lot, although don't have a lot of information on, is Joe Phages. So, you know, Kelly, yes. of course, yeah. is, at, is at all these races. Her her husband, I, I think he's maybe five years five or six years older than me and, and, and just killing it. And Ed Ettenhausen is, is another one. Yeah. Yeah. And so I really look to these guys for inspiration. You know, they're, they're not guys who use Strava. They're not really that big on the, uh, on the internet, but, but you can see the results of what they're doing. And, uh, and it's something to look up to. And I I did get to meet both of them at various times. Okay, uh, And uh, at the, Uh, at the jackpot ultra running festival where I did, I ran in a 48 hour, pretty much most of that second night I spent kind of power walking with, um, Ed and, uh, yeah, it was great. Great. I bet you had
0: some incredible stories.
1: Yes. Yes. It was great listening to (laughs) to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite things about going down to Cape Fear is getting around the Ray Coral OXs and, you know, Thomas Green and John Price and, you know, Kelly Fee was there this year and, you know, just some of these people and just, you know, taking a loop a little bit slower and just to listen to their stories. It's just, my wife is like, you know, if you would stop listening to the stories of all these people that you really love, you might actually be able to get a hundred miles sometime. And I'm like, that's, Maybe I was... don't know. <laughs> Can uh, I tell
1: you a, a a fun Tom Green story?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Okay. So a at the time virtual friend of mine, we were both, when I was training for marathons, we were using the um uh uh Luke Humphrey running, which used to be Hanson's marathon method, is the that's sort of the training that I took. And I met met this um lady Erica through that group. And she was also getting into ultras and she got into the Yeti 100. Okay. And uh, I offered to pace her for that and and she accepted. So I, I went up there for her race and paced her. And, and at that race, they let you start pacing around mile 42. Oh, wow. Um, cool. Yeah. So I, so I picked her up at mile 42 and we just stayed together all night. And the next morning we were getting close to, the, to making the cutoff. And, uh, Tom was there and he had, uh, he was pushing his, his, uh, his stroller or his cart, whatever that is. And, uh, Erica was moving like really slow at this point. And we could hear the the stroller coming up behind us. And I think maybe we had an hour to, to finish the race and Tom started, and I didn't know who he was at that point, but he started to catch up to us and he, he got almost even with us. And I looked over at him. And then I looked over at Erica and I just sort of looked her in the eye and she shook her head and said, don't. <laughs> and I said, do not let,
0: do not let him, <laughs> do pass, not you. Let him
1: pass you. <laughs> yeah. And I think he was really trying hard to pass her, but then, but then like something happened to him and he had to, he had to stop and sit down. And so we, we finished that race. And and then a, a couple years later at, at, I think it was my, my first Cape Fear 24, Tom was there and I got to walk with him for a little while and meet him. And I told him that story, and that's when he told me that he's the Grim, that he's known as the Grim Reaper, Reaper. <laughs> and if he, if he passes you uh, in with, with 11 miles or less left to finish the race, you're probably not going to make the cutoff. Oh, my and goodness. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so it was really close for my friend, Erica. And he was like, yeah, if I had passed you guys, she probably wouldn't
0: have finished. That is awesome. I love Tom Green stories. He yeah, is such an amazing guy. So tell us a little bit about your training. What, how, what is like, what is your focus on training? And then I want to get into your nutrition because you do some things nutrition wise that I have not seen before that I love and admire okay. a lot.
1: So for training, every, training cycle that I've been doing for the last seven years is based on the Luke Humphrey running plan or what used to be known as the Hanson's marathon method. And it's not necessarily that there's anything special about that particular method. It, it sort it somewhat closely follows an 80 20 type rule where about 80% of my running is going to be at a slow, somewhat slow pace, you know, zone two, yep. low zone three. And then there's going to be a couple high intensity days to make up, you know, roughly 20%. And so so my typical training would be on a Monday, I'm going to do a, a six to eight mile easy run. A Tuesday is going to be some type of interval. So speed training where I'm, where I'm getting up, you know, pretty high heart rate. Okay. Uh, Wednesdays early on in a training cycle will be a day off. And then later in the training cycle, I'll do another easy run, like six to eight miles. Okay. And then Thursday Thursdays, typically a, a tempo run and the tempo runs will start lower i might only do a 4 or 5 mile tempo but i'll eventually get up to like a 10 mile tempo and all of these runs will uh, all of the interval or tempo runs will have like a warm up and cool down so usually a 2 to 3 mile warm up and cool down on top of them so okay so like my last tempo run before Cape Fear for instance would would have been 10 mi 10 miles with a a, a 3 mile warm up and a 3 mile cool down for wow. so like 16 miles total Friday again, another six to eight miles. And then and then on the weekends, I try to do do a back to back. So I've been I used to do a lot of much longer runs, but but a lot of the pros, a lot of the sponsored runners that I like to pay attention to, some of them are starting to advocate for like you don't really need these super long training runs. And although I did do a couple 50 K's this time. I did that because I had gotten hurt back in March, and I hadn't I hadn't really done any running between March and June. Okay. And I just wanted to make sure. I, I just wanted to make sure that I could get some distance without getting hurt again. But typically, I wouldn't go over like 22 to uh, 24 miles. But I'll do some back to back. So like Saturday yep. might be a 22 mile run with a with a Sunday uh, being an 18 mile run. And the, at, at the start of a training cycle, I'm going to be shooting for around fi- a 50 mile week. And then I'll get up to close to maybe 100 a hundred mile week on my okay. peak week. And I'll only do that one time and right. then, and then I'll trend back down again.
0: Perfect. That's awesome. That, that is anybody listening, pay attention to that little part that Billy just talked about. So now tell us a little bit about your nutrition.
1: Okay. So nutrition, uh,
0: hydration kind of combined.
1: Yeah. So like during a race or just, or yeah, just in a, general?
0: Um, during a race, let's start okay. with during a race. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So during a race, I, uh, uh, tailwind is my go-to sports drink. So so that's my electrolytes and calories. And so whether I'm running a hundred miler or a 24 hour race, I'm going to be using tailwind for at least 12 hours. Okay. Uh, and then sometimes, after that 12 hour mark, I start to get sick of the sweetness of it yeah, and and I'll start mixing in real food. So, you know, so I'll be anywhere from like 80 to hundred percent tailwind for the first 10 to 12 hours. I might have, uh, you know, if, if someone offers a slice of pizza or something like that, I might, I might eat that. But then once nighttime comes, I'll dial the tailwind or sports drink back to, you know, 20 or 30% of my calories and the rest of it will come from some kind of solid food. And for me, Solid food is typically going to be like a grilled cheese, uh, peanut butter and jelly. You know, if there's some ramen, uh, uh and it's cold, I, I love that too, but, but that's about it. And then if I haven't seen it before and I haven't eaten it before, uh, I'm not going to eat it. So exactly. it might, it might sound like I can eat anything and I probably can, but, um, I don't, you don't want to try and erase. Exactly. Yep. Yeah.
0: So I saw you during Cape Fear knocking back some chocolate milk.
1: Okay. So that, that, (laughs) so I'm going to have to go back and bite my word a little bit. That, that was a first and someone for the longest time, I didn't drink milk at all. And a few months ago, my wife um, started ordering us this, uh, these, these sort of farm fresh ingredients, uh, from that included like eggs and milk, uh, and things like that. And so I used to always just use almond milk in my, I drink, I eat a lot of cereal for breakfast, and she started getting this real milk and it's real milk like and i think they say it comes from the cow like just a couple days before and i love this milk I, okay. I i i cannot get enough of it and they also sometimes will have some chocolate milk delivered the same milk and so i've recently like got this taste for chocolate milk and where where my little setup was um there was a guy right across from me and he, he was like hey i got some chocolate milk if you want it and i was like oh man that sounds amazing and i didn't want any then because i'm like i'm not gonna do I- any food like that until like my 10 to 12 hours right in. and i was like i'll hit you up for it later well he he bailed on the race
0: yeah i remember he left because he was doing really good and then all of a sudden he there did. was no more chris so.
1: yeah but he but he left me so chris yeah, he left me his chocolate milk. But then it was like sitting out on my table all day, okay. and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not drinking this now. But uh, <laughs> but Lisa saw it, and she's like, Oh, you you like chocolate milk? We have cold chocolate milk up at the uh, up at the tent. And so later on in the night, she was like, Have you gotten your chocolate milk yet? And I'm like, No, I want some right now. And she <laughs> got me a, a glass of cold chocolate milk, and it was amazing.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome.
1: Now, I can't, I can't say that the two things are related, but I did end up getting having like a little bit of stomach issues. Uh, So I'm like, I don't know, maybe, maybe chopping milk should just be for at home.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, A treat at home. So how, what is your nutrition when you're just, you know, in your, in your training periods, like at home? What, what do you try to stay with? What is your, what are your eating habits?
1: So, and for the most part, I don't, I don't really restrict what I eat too much. But when I say that, I mean, I, I kind of just have what I think is a, a regular diet, although I eat a lot of spinach salads. So lunch is my salad time. Okay, And uh, my, my wife thinks it's a, a superpower that I can literally eat the same <laughs> salad every day, five days a week for years. Without changing anything, And and, and so for me, that's like spinach, avocado. I make my own uh, honey mustard vinaigrette. Okay. I use these uh, vegetarian chicken. I'm not a vegetarian, but I love these vegetarian chicken tenders that I'll put on there. Okay. Uh, And then uh, any, whatever, any other vegetable that's sort of fresh at the time, I, I might just toss in and then I'll and I'll throw some blue cheese on there too. So that's pretty much every day for lunch is is a salad that looks just like that. That's all. Awesome. Breakfast is breakfast is usually some sort of whole grain type cereal, milk, and then uh, uh I am a peanut butter fanatic. There you go. So, yeah, so it'll be like English muffin or toast with peanut butter on it and then eggs. Okay. Uh, yep, and then for dinner, we um my wife and I both like to cook. We do these um these food services like Blue Apron. Martha and Marley, Marley yep. Spoon, Pillow yep. uh, Fresh. So that's pretty much every night is like some kind of home cooked meal, like that out of one of those box food services. Perfect,
0: that's awesome. So does your wife also run, or is she your crew? She
1: she does not run, and I I try not to make her come to too many races. She does she doesn't she doesn't love it, but she'll uh she typically comes to Tideland. And that that's a lot of fun for. Her. I think there's people there that she can talk to. Um, she has crewed for me at a at a, a point to point hundred miler before. She didn't love that. She found yeah. like you know getting between the the different aid stations, especially in the middle of the night, to be challenging and scary. So I typically if I if I'm traveling for a race, which I try to travel for races two to three times a year, um, because I'm trying to do a a, a marathon or more. Uh, which lately it's the or more in every state. So so I'll travel. I try to travel to two or three different states per, every year. And okay. um, she doesn't really want to come to that. And I don't insist that she does. So usually I just yep. go do those alone.
0: Yeah, we've, we've learned that my wife is um, usually pretty good during the day. But as soon as the sun goes down, it's like, please go to bed. <laughs> I love you. And um, she appreciates that, of course. I don't know that I'm going to be able to talk her into going back to Cape Fear because she wasn't a real big fan of the rain all day long this year. So, yeah, oh, we'll see. <laughs> that, that, yeah,
1: that that was unpleasant for people. Yeah. Like-
0: yeah, I I can't imagine. I mean, it was it was unpleasant as a runner, but at least you're moving. I can't imagine trying to stay dry as crew for for that one. And, you know, all the all the crew that. That were out there trying to take care of the runners and stuff, man. Major kudos to them because that could not have been fun. That definitely, that could, yeah. yeah.
1: And I was there. I say alone, but like I know so many people there now at that race that I, I don't actually feel alone. Whereas, like when I travel to a race where you don't know anybody, you're like, oh yeah, this is kind of this is a little bit lonely. <laughs> yep. No crew, yep. really yep. anyone to talk to. But Cape Fear yeah. is Cape Fear is a big family.
0: Cape Fear is yeah, exactly. That's the only way to put Cape Fear is just a family, and you go down there and. Yeah. You're never alone. You never spend a mile alone. You always, you know, find somebody to talk to. So it's pretty amazing. But, yeah, I, yeah.
1: I think it was last year that I did the, um, I'm going to say the state run and they'll get, they're going to get mad at me. It's, um, uh, Mississippi, I think the chief Latiga 100 miler, which oh wow, a, a okay, 50, 50 mile out and back. And I drove to that. And I remember in my mind, like normally I'll, I'm pretty good with packing drop bags and stuff for races and playing out where they are. But for this race, I was like, man, I don't want to wait for them to bring the drop bags back before I can like hit the road and head back to North Carolina. Right. So, uh, and so this was a it was a neat exercise of like seeing, making sure that I had everything that I needed, but being but as minimal as possible, but literally putting it all in a pack and and, and doing the whole race with that pack on. Wow,
0: that's um, so, awesome. So,
1: so no drop bags, and I remember thinking, hey, this pack this pack isn't too heavy. And somewhere around the fifty mile mark, it was. Bloody hot there, and this was in May. I was like, I needed to reapply some sunblock, and I took the pack off, got my sunblock out, put it on, went to pick up the pack, and I was like, holy crap, this is. <laughs> it this is heavier. Really, it was really, really heavy. I'm like, what am I, do- <laughs> what am I doing here?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds like me when I would did Swami Su- Shuffle 200 last year. I I decided I was going to go uncrewed, and so it. Everything I needed was in my pack. And so I call it my Swami pack. It was about 23 pounds. And I had change of clothing. I had, you know, everything you could possibly need, recharging, all this stuff, because I was like, I'm... I'm going to resupply from stores for water and whatever else I need. It was. Yeah. And so now, like when I, I'm going to pace a friend at Rim to River in two weeks and um, he's like, so what are you bringing?" And I said, I'm bringing this mommy pack. And I said, you know, you got a puffy, Put it in my pack. You got something else. Put it in my pack. And, you know, because we're going to I'm going to be doing 40 to 50 miles. So, yeah. And I've just gotten used to it now. You know, so yeah. it's like when you do that, you just kind of get used to it. And it's like, OK, this works.
1: So you are a crazy man with that race. So, so tell me if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly on, on that race. So you have to like go find your, it's, it's not supported, right? So you have to go find your own uh, food and water at like convenience stores or whatever. Okay.
0: Yeah. So Uh, first 21 miles on the beach, last 21 miles on the beach, 222 total miles. It's, it's amazing. It's awesome. Wow. So I'm doing a run next June that I, I think you should consider signing up because I think you do really awesome at it. It's the six days in the dome.
1: Oh yeah, okay.
0: So you know the 400 meter track around in the indoor hockey rink.
1: Yeah, that one's been that one's been on my list. So like you know, like earlier I mentioned looking up quite a bit to Joe Fages, and I know he, I think he has the six day. If yep. it's not the world record that's really close to it in that, uh, you know, in that race, six days in the dome, um, I believe so always he has
0: the record. Yeah. I think, yeah, so, I think has so the yep. record. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of always been, a, it seemed interesting. I'm like, okay, there's probably a lot of interesting people there too.
0: Yeah. I, I imagine there's going to be a, I mean, cause they've got so many other, they've got a 24, they've got a 48, they've got a 72. They just started a 10 day. I'm like 10 days. Okay. That's a little insane. That's, this is my 60th birthday present to myself.
1: Wow. So, I, I would not. I would not have guessed you at sixty.
0: Yeah, I I just turned fifty nine in July, and so this is going to be my sixtieth birthday present to myself. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, having fun. Yeah, I I always tell people I'm not fast enough to ever be on a podium, but my goodness, I have a blast. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> make make up for the the slowness by I have a lot of fun. But, yeah, excellent. So I
1: mean, I'll, that one's definitely on my radar, and I've been trying. I say, been trying twice. I've tried to um, crack 200 miles in a 48 hour.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so on my first attempt in 2022, I did uh, 185 miles. Wow. Um, so came up a little, came up a little short. And then I tried to try it again in March of this year. And that's when I got hurt. Cause it was a, it was a bit of a trail. I say trail, but it was like on a farm. So it was like okay. some, some double track, some farm road and some field, uh, and it, this was in idaho and the the it got below freezing there oh yeah march and I, and I in
0: and, idaho yeah. yeah and i
1: slipped and fell and rent wrenched my knee and so i ended up dropping oh. around 100 miles so okay it's still on my bucket list to try to see if i can hit that 200 mile mark i think uh, i days, think six you days know, in the dome might be a good a good format be, for that.
0: it's a perfect environment it's 55 degrees the whole time so you don't have any variation in temperature And, you know, they switch up directions every four hours. So it's not like you're just mindlessly going the same direction. Yeah. Every four hours you, you know, switch directions and go the other way. So, you know, yeah, I think you should look into it.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Cool. So what, what is Billy's like ultimate goal with, with your ultra running?
1: That's a, that's a really good question. So my, my first goal, my ultimate goal is just to be able to keep doing it. So Tom Green, perfect example. Yeah. Um, uh, Marty Fox, like yeah. I, I want to be, I want to be these guys, right? Yes. I don't want to get Marty's age wrong, but he's, he's above 70, 72. You know, and, okay. Thanks. And still, uh, hitting hundred milers. Yes. Uh, th- that's my goal, right? I just, I want to be able to stay active. I don't, it's okay if I'm not competitive forever right now, I do enjoy trying to be competitive I like to try to win and I like to try to push myself to see, like, can I go farther and faster every time? That's kind of what I want to try to do. Um But ultimately I just want to, I just want to be able to keep running.
0: Awesome. I think that's an awesome deal. I think, Yeah. And I, I think you're going to continue to win a lot of races well into your sixties and stuff, because it's, you're training, you're doing it right. You're, you're, you're not trying to go out and be super aggressive and be Superman and then end up hurt. So, you know, train injury free, run injury free.
1: Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, the, the one thing where I wish I could maybe do a little bit better at it. I'm not sure if it just is going to take more practices, but getting better on trails. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, trail running sort of get is like what, what everybody looks up to sometimes when you, when you say ultra running, people might think trail running like, man, I, re- I really, and I see some, there's some beautiful trail races out there that I would love to do. You know, and maybe maybe if I could get my mindset right, I could go tackle some of these races without right. the intention of trying to be competitive. Just like go have a good time, get, yep. get, get a hundred mile, get a hundred mile buckle, because I'm I'm pretty sure I can hike a hundred miles. And-
0: I, I definitely I proved to somebody somebody said there's because I always tell people I am not the fastest runner, but I will I will kill you with my power walk. And yep. so I have power walked an entire 50 miler and I have power walked, uh, about 78 of a hundred miler. And that's actually my fastest hundred miler uh, that I've done it. I, that one was uh 2645 and I power yeah. walked about 78 miles of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So with these cutoffs, like whether it's 30 hours or 32 hours, uh, you know, for, a, for a trail hundred, you, you really could power hike it. I mean, you would have to, you, see, you have to keep your mind sharp and, and, and concentrate on it, but it can yep. be done.
0: Yeah, I, it really can. I mean, the, and I think the cutoffs are just going to continue to, you know, be where they are right now. I don't think they're going to, I think they you know, some of the more competitive races like Western States and, you know, some of those races, they're going to lower the cutoffs, I think, because there's just so many people that are finishing. And, um, but you know, I, I think there's, there's always, there's always races that are out there that, you know, have generous cutoffs that, you know, go out and have a good time, just do it for the joy, you know? Exactly. Cool. So Billy, let's, this is the way we like to, to end all of our podcast. Let's okay. just say that you're sitting down with somebody who um it, wants to run their very first ultra marathon. What, what is the, what are the one or a couple of things that you would suggest for them?
1: That's a great question. So I'm kind of known in my running group I'm I'm kind of known for being funny about this because I, I tell everybody that they can do an ultra right so some of my friends whether they're training for a ten K or or a marathon, I'm like, oh you could you could do a hundred miler and they're like, no I can't. I'm like, you, you absolutely can and and here's how. So the first thing is is just go slow. You either you don't do not need to run fast and probably shouldn't. The other thing is learn to eat constantly. Um yes. and so I never don't have calories coming into me. There's never an hour goes by right where I don't have calories coming in. And and the same thing with hydration. So go slow, eat constantly, drink constantly, and you're gonna be able to do 100 miles. Awesome,
0: awesome. Well, Billy, thank you so much, man. It is just a pleasure spending a little bit of time chatting with you. Every time I get a chance to run around you, it's just, I love your enthusiasm. I love the way that you you know, share a smile with everybody out there, no matter if they're, you know, competing with you, you know, for the hundred miles or if they're, yeah, you know, just out there getting their, their 30 in or something like that. You're, you're an amazing man. And I, and I really admire you.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for that, Mike. And I, I appreciate you having me on to, uh, to talk running with you. I, I really love it. You bet. Thanks for listening.
0: Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on living an ultra life.